Well, good morning. Man, it is good to be with you this morning. I don't know what you do, but I love coming to our Nowa campus. And I got to be honest, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but man, I miss you guys hanging out with you. It's so great. Well, in case I've not had the chance to meet you, my name is Mark Geisbauer, and I get to serve here at the chapel as one of the pastors. And like Pastor Charles said at the beginning, today we're going to do things a little bit different. But before we're going to look into today's message and about, talk about Advent and what that means for your lives and for mine, I want to just say a huge, huge thank you to all of you. Because over the last couple of weeks, we've been collecting Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes, right? Those shoe boxes, the red and green ones, and we fill them with toys and send them off around the world. Well, I am so excited to tell you that over 1,522 shoe boxes were collected among our three campuses. And yes, can you give guys a round of applause? And one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this is because I got the privilege a couple of years ago to sit actually in Burundi, Africa, pretty much all across around the world, and I got to witness one of those shoebox openings. And just to explain to you, we were in a little church, maybe a quarter of the size of this room, and there were kids literally hanging from trees and on the fences of the church trying to get one of your shoeboxes. And I love that. And, and then when they finally sat down and the teachers came and everybody got a shoebox, like I will never forget, there was this one kid and he was like shaking like this. He was so excited. Well, thanks to you and you living out our value of generosity, kids all around the world, actually over 1,500 kids are going to be able to get that experience and not only receive a gift, but also receive Jesus and to learn about what we're going to be talking about today. So a big, big thank you to all of you. Now today, we're going to look um, at Advent as the gearing up for Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it seems like in the stores, starting like, when did it start in May and June for them to start playing Christmas music and Myers and Kroger's? I, I don't get it. Now that we're finally past Thanksgiving, I feel like, okay, now I can start decorating my house. Um, but I love that we have a lot of really cool family traditions. And in our family, one of our traditions is every free minute we get to have we actually spend on watching Christmas movies together. Now, a secret about me is that I love funny, crazy Christmas movies. So my favorites are like The Grinch and The Muppets Christmas. And I, I'm sorry to say this, but my favorite one of all times is Elf, okay? Shows you what kind of person I am. But really, like, I mean, how can you get through the Christmas season without the four major food sources, right? Candy, candy cane, candy corn, and syrup. Thank you. I'm not alone. Thank you. But I also live in a house with three women, my wife and my two daughters, and they are hopeless romantics, okay? So we also have the other side, and so usually the, what we end up watching is things about Christmas weddings and Christmas princesses and Christmas switch-ups or cooking competitions or the most recent about Christmas nights. Apparently, that's a new thing. So, but bottom line is, I love the Christmas season, and I love what it stands for, maybe except the shoveling of the snow, but... I mean, we all chose to live in Ohio, so really we don't have anybody else to blame but us. But, but Christmas is a special time. But not only is it a special time, it also is a busy time. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, think about the Christmas season. I mean, we have to buy gifts, and we have to wrap them. We have to give them out. Then we have to hang lights. On our, we got to decorate our house, our trees. We got to rake leaves. We got to run from recital to recital. We got to have to have year-end reports turned in. 
all sorts of things that make it a really busy season. In fact, let me ask you this. Would you agree that this last week was busy? Don't have to raise your hand, but do you agree? All the people that had to prepare for Thanksgiving and their home for other families are, yes, that was busy. Well, how about the last month? Last week was a little different. Was this last month busy for you? What about this last year? Did you feel like last year was it, or 2019 was a busy year for you? Well, today we're celebrating the first of Advent, and so that's why we wanted to do things a little bit different. Because as busy as we are, we want to slow down and focus on Christ. Because a lot of times with busyness also comes distraction. And distracting us from what is really, really important. In fact, I found this town in England that has started because of technology to put padding around their light poles. Because apparently their biggest issue in town is that people would look on their phone and run into light poles all the time. Now, I don't know if that's just a PR gig of that town, but it just shows you the times that we are in, right? Do you think that technology and social media has, our, has made our lives more busier and more distracted than ever? Probably. But I also think that it's too easy just to blame the technology on the distractness that we feel in this time of year. In fact, I would make a case that a lot of times we're using those Things like social media and Netflix and, and our technology, our phones, because it's all right there as an excuse not to deal with what really is going on inside of us. I know I've made that mistake many times before where my, my choice usually to go to for my escape is Netflix. Like when I, things go wrong in my life, I turn to Netflix. What about you? What is your escape? I think we all have them, Right? I mean, what kind of social media feed do you turn to when you're not wanting to deal with your children? What kind of comfort do you turn to when things go wrong in relationships and family issues and in work situations with your finances? What do you turn to? Maybe it's food. Maybe it's not even technology. What food do you see comfort in when things go wrong so you don't have to deal with those un unhappy, sad, difficult issues and emotions that we are all dealing with every day. The downside of that is also that that's just temporarily fixes. In fact, a lot of times it makes it worse because we end up in the situation we are in today. We're more busy than ever, and we're less focused on the things we really need to deal with. And so we're just pushing away to the side. But today, I want us not to do that. Today, I want us to take some time specifically looking at Lord Jesus, his birth, as we're preparing for his arrival, and to throw our lives and our hope and our love and our peace and our joy at him, which is also the four words that are actually represented by these candles. And I do that because I know Jesus wants us to do that. Actually, he said it himself in Matthew 11, verse 28. This is what he says. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. So this morning, I want us to take some time, and we're going to do that by, I'm going to talk about each candle and each topic for a few minutes, and then worship team is going to lead us in some songs. So we have time to slow down and respond and look to God for the answers. So come on this journey with me, allowing yourself to open your minds and maybe dealing with some of those un, un, unfriendly emotions. Maybe some of those things that we usually don't want to deal with, and let's give them to God this morning. And so before we're going to look at our first candle, let me just say a word of prayer. 
Dear God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every person in this room and how you have uniquely created them and where you have placed them. And God, I don't know what our drive-in this morning was. I don't know what their week was this week, but Father, I know that you want them to take a next step. It's a Father, as we're talking through these candles, these reminders that prepare us for your arrival, help us to listen and to respond. And God, not to turn to the wrong things, but to you, our source and our Savior. God, we thank you for this morning and speak to us now. Amen. So let me light the first candle. And so that candle usually is lit on the first of Advent, which is today. That is the candle of hope. And the Apostle Paul phrased it this way when he was talking about hope. He said in Ephesians 1 verse 18, he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich in a glorious inheritance. So what that means is when Jesus was born into this world on Christmas, that he is the one that brought us hope. And this verse also shares with us that we need light to find that hope. And maybe that is you this morning. Maybe you're sitting here and inside you feel darkness. You feel hopeless. You feel like, man, things don't get any better. You feel disoriented. You feel despair. Maybe you're scared. Maybe things of uncertainty is what's keeping you up. Or maybe you've given up on hope and you, felt, you feel like, man, nothing is ever going to get any better. Well, the good news I have for you is that this candle, today is the day for you. Jesus wants to be your light in the darkness. Actually, in John verse 8, um, John 8 verse 12, he says this, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life. We talk about hope. Actually, if you Google hope, what it says is that hope is a feeling of trust. Hope is a feeling that we need to trust something or somebody. And what Jesus says in these words is that he wants us to put all of our trust, all of our garbage to him and say, I need you, Jesus. He wants to be your savior in a hopeless world because he has good plans for you and for me. Are you ready to trust him? But Jesus is not only our hope. The second candle I want to look at with you this morning is the candle of love. Because he also loves you and he loves me. And this candle is for anybody who is here this morning who is lonely. Who feels alone or unloved at this point in time. And maybe this is how you came in this morning. Broken by other people. Not knowing if anybody could ever love you. But when I think about love, I actually think about a verse out of the Bible that I can promise you that you will know, even if you've never been to church. It's probably the most famous verse in time, actually so famous that if you watch the Ohio State-Michigan game, in the end zone, there was a guy holding up the sign. It didn't help Michigan, of course, <laughs> but it was John three sixteen, right? For so God loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. What that verse means for you and for me is that God, the creator of the universe, the God that owes anything in this universe, 
loves you. Not only does he love you, but he gave what was most important to him for your benefit. What do you love most in this world? Maybe it's your spouse, your children, your job, your bank account, your home, whatever it is. I can tell you that for God, it was his son, Jesus. And he loved you so much that he sacrificed that son for you. So if you ever feel lonely or alone this Christmas season or you feel like you can't be loved, remember the manger. Remember the cross. Remember the empty tomb. God loved you so much and his love is completely unconditional. His love cannot be bought. His love cannot be earned. His love cannot be lost no matter what other people have done for you, no matter how badly they have tried to break you and to hurt you in the process. His love is forever. And if that is you this morning, I want us to look at these verses. And this is the love and how much God loves you. This is what it says. It says, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, no fear of today or where is about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. It goes on to say, no power in the skies above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Do you get his point? Nothing can separate us from his love and how much he loves you this season, every single day. So we've talked about love. We talked about hope. And what I just experienced was joy. That's what the third candle represents, is the joy. And maybe you came joyful this morning. Well, then this candle is for you because I think there's no other response in us that if we fully understand God's love and the hope that he gives us, for us to respond in that way. And joy, let me clarify this too, is not just simply happiness, okay? Happiness is something that's short-term, that goes fast, that is dependent on our circumstances. Well, joy is not that. Joy is a deep confidence of knowing what Jesus has done, what that baby came to do for you and for me, which gives us that joy which doesn't matter what our circumstances around us. And I'm not saying let's put our head in the sand and ignore all the bad things that are happening around us. But if we focus on him and truly understand what he did for you and for me, we can have that joy. Because we know that no matter what happens, God is always in control. We can trust and depend on him. I love how Oswald Chambers puts it this way. He says, a life of intimacy with God is characterized by joy. Joy is something also that is surrounding the birth of Jesus. If you look at any of the Gospels, the first four Bibles, um, books in the New Testament where it talks about Jesus' birth, you'll find over and over that just about any person, any group of people that encounters this baby responds in the same way, joy. I love, and I want to read this to you. This is one of my favorite responses, and it's this three wise men, okay? And it's in Matthew verse 2, I'm going to read out of. But I want you to pay attention as I read these verses on how and what they do with this joy if that's what's in their heart. 
This is what it says. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests, and they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What a great reaction to joy. Because I think if we truly feel joy inside, it doesn't just stay inside. It just flows out of us naturally, blessing and the desire to bless other people. But maybe you sit here thinking, well, I would love to be generous. I would love to be joyful, and I would love to share with others. But, Mark, you got to understand, I don't have a lot of resources. I don't have a lot of finances. Well, I want us to look at it and being generous in maybe a different way. And I want to give you a couple of other ways that you can still be generous this Christmas season. And so I want to look briefly at these eight different ways to live a generous life. Because it doesn't cost us anything to be generous with our thoughts. Here at the chapel, we have a saying called putting trust in the gap, which means we give the benefit of the doubt to the other person if we don't know why they may have hurt us or why they may have fallen forward of our expectations. Maybe some of you sit in here today and you need to be generous with the thoughts about yourself. Because you have so much bad talk about yourself and you're putting yourself down so much that it's time that you let yourself off the hook and be generous to yourself doesn't cost you anything. How about your words? My eight-year-old daughter, Grace, we were at, uh, my wife and I were at a te parent-teacher conference with her and her teacher just a couple of weeks ago. And the teacher was kind and had a lot of good things to say about Gracie. And in a side sentence, almost, I, I don't think she even realized that she said, you know, but Gracie, and she looked her right in the eye, said, you know, like, you're really good at writing stuff. You're really good at coming up with creative stories, and man, I can so see you being a writer one day. And then she moved on and talked about something else, math probably. But you know what this did in my little girl? That since that day, there's not been a day gone by where she hasn't written a story, a book, or most recently, she even came up with a poem that she presented to us at Thanksgiving. One sentence that she didn't even think about made all the difference in her life, and who knows what that's going to set her up on a path for. Can we do that for somebody else? Can we encourage somebody else in that way with our words? Our money is another one. That's a big one simply because the more we give our money, the more we need to trust and depend on God, and it softens our heart. The other one is your influence. I can tell you right now that I would not be standing here in front of you with the life experiences that I've had and the responsibilities that I've been entrusted with if it wouldn't have been for other people taking time out of their busy schedules, investing in me, and opening doors for me, and using their sphere of influence to help me take a next step in my journey. Maybe you can do that for somebody this Christmas. What about forgiveness? I mean, we all had to deal with probably some of our less favorite family members. Maybe it's time that we need to forgive and forget the small things and just let them go and let them off the hook. Maybe it's time for us to forgive. What about your time? And I can tell you right now, the chapel would not be in existence if it wouldn't have been for you guys every week, in and week out, and during the week, multiple times coming in and giving your time and your efforts to this church. We wouldn't be able to make a difference in our community the way we do if it wouldn't have been for you sacrificing your time already. What about your attention? Something that I've learned just in these last few weeks is I have a teenage daughter as well, and if you know anything about me, you will know that I go in 100 miles in 100 different directions at the same moment simultaneously. 
I love multitasking. I love doing different things in different events. And this one is really hard for me. But recently, I realized that, man, when my daughter talks to me and she shares a story with me about her life and her school day, I need to stop what I'm doing, and I need to give her my undivided attention. And so I'm forcing myself of doing that, not because it's a chore, but I need to do that because I know who I am. And I can tell you, it made a huge difference in my relationship with her. Maybe it's our attention that we need to give to somebody else this Christmas. Or how about your stuff? And you guys are already doing that. I don't know if you knew this, but this past week, somebody within our congregation just said, hey, I want to bless our community with 10 turkeys. You guys decide who they go to, who needs them the most, but I just want to give my stuff to somebody else because I know we can bless them and we can share. I want to share my joy in that with them. So let's share this joy. Let's come up with practical ways to do that. Think about a way as we sing this next song where maybe you can share that joy. Maybe it's spending time or inviting a friend or a neighbor over that doesn't have any family around to let them know that they are loved. Maybe it's writing a handwritten note to somebody that needs encouragement that they need to hear it from you. Maybe it's inviting out a student for coffee and just saying, hey, let's just talk about life and let me give you some pointers of things that I've learned. But man, I just want to listen to you. Maybe that's a simple way for us to share this joy. Jesus is the reason for our joy So we talked about hope, love, joy, and the fourth candle we're going to look at is the candle of peace. And Maybe you came in here this morning restless, and maybe you've never been to church before, or you're still exploring this Jesus. Well, I want this candle to be for you, because I want you to find that peace that only Jesus can give. Actually, the prophet Isaiah, about 800 years before Jesus was even born, was prophesying. Prophesizing? Is that a word? Yeah? All right. He was prophesizing about Jesus. And this is what he says about this baby, girl, uh, about this baby boy born in the major. He said, For a child is born, a son is given to us, for the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of peace. Actually, the word that the Bible uses there for peace is the word shalom, which means completeness, well-being. And I think that's what Jesus wants to give us today. He wants to make us complete. But maybe you are in that phase where you're still exploring, where you're not sure about this Jesus. And to be honest with you, about half of the stuff that I said didn't mean anything to you because you've never really understood what that message about Jesus is all about. Why would I need Jesus? What difference is it going to make for me? Well, I'm about to explain it to you. And since I'm a visual learner and we got some kids in the room, I thought, let's just do this in a very practical way. So here it is. When the Bible says that God created heavens and earth, right? He created this earth, and he also created human beings. He created you, and he created me. And when he did that, he placed us in the Garden of Eden, and this is you, and this is me represented. And actually, we were created without any sin from the beginning. But since God didn't want just mere puppets or people that would just do, and he can just orchestrate them, and we don't have anything to do with our own decisions, he said, no, I want you to have free will. And free will simply means that you can make decisions of your own. You can make good decisions, but you can also 
made bad decisions. And if we read the accounts of the Bible, actually just a couple of sentences in, guess what? We messed it up. We brought sin and pain into this world. We made mistakes. We define sin as anything that goes against God's word. Anything that goes against what God's original plan for your and for my life is. And I think we can all agree that we've all made mistakes, right? So we all hurt people. We all have done bad things. We all have had impure thoughts, whatever it may be. And so sin entered our world, our life. And what it did is it left us tainted. It left us in a position where no matter how hard we try, how, how good our church attendance is, how wonderful and good people we are, we cannot clean ourselves. We cannot take away the sin that is just in our lives and the mistakes that we have made. And that is why we need Jesus. That is why he came on this earth. Because no matter what we do, when God looks at us, he sees the sin. And even worse than that, Romans 3 verse 23 says it this way. It says, the penalty of death, of, uh, the penalty of sin is death. Not a, a, a physical death, but an eternal death. A separation from God, which means when God even wants to have fellowship with us because he created us to have a relationship with him, we, he, there's a separation. We cannot do this. But that's why Jesus came as a solution. He came as our Savior. He entered the world blameless, perfect, and because he was fully human but also fully God, he lived his entire life without making any mistakes, without singing at all, sinning at all against God. And so what that means for you and for me is that he did all the work because what happens when Jesus gets into our lives? What happens when we accept Jesus and say, hey, you are God, I am not, I need you, Come into my life. What happens is that all of a sudden, all the sin, all the bad history, as bad as we have been, no matter what we have done, he took it all away. He took it all upon himself. And we, when God looks at us, all of a sudden become clean. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I still make mistakes. I still sin. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that after you accept Jesus, everything's going to be great. Because we're still humans, right? We still make mistakes. But what I love about this when Jesus does this is that every time we still sin, it doesn't matter. He still cleans us no matter what we have done. That's why this Jesus, this message about hope and love is so powerful because of what he has done for you and for me. And maybe you are in this room this morning and you've never made that decision. Can I just encourage you to do that today? Don't put it off any further. It's like a Christmas gift, right? If somebody wants to give you a gift, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. That's what Jesus did. He did it all for you. But you have to accept it. It can be a simple prayer. It can be stopping by after the service, talking to Pastor Charles, come and talk to me, talk to Jeremy or anybody on the worship team. We want to help you take this next step because I know that this has been the best decision that I ever made in my entire life. Got one more candle for you. And that candle is usually only lit on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. And I don't know if you can tell, but it's the candle that sits right in the center 
of all other candles. And we call it the Christ candle because that's exactly what Jesus did. He's the center of it all. He's the center and our source and a willing giver of our hope, our love, our joy, and our peace. So I don't know what emotions you came with today. I don't know, you know, if we think about the beginning of what you're trying to distract yourself to not feeling those, but if it's one of those, I want to tell you this Christmas season over these next few weeks as life gets busier and you get more and more distracted and more and more things come on your plate, let's light these candles one each week to remind ourselves that we need to look to Him. He's done it all, right? So take a step today. Charles said at the beginning, that's why we're here. We want everybody to take one step closer to God and each other through Christ. And so maybe today, over these next few weeks, you will need hope. Well, just remember that He is our light in the darkness. If you need to feel loved or feel like you're not alone, remember that His love for you is unconditional. Jesus came to this earth, what's most precious to God, He was given and sacrificed for you. And for me, maybe you need joy or you feel joy in your heart. Well, maybe this Christmas season is a time for you to share that with others. Or maybe you've never experienced this peace, the peace that can only come from Him. Well, maybe it's time for you to take that step and make that decision towards Him to say, Jesus, I accept your gift. I accept what you have done for me so I can live in eternity. I don't know what your steps are this week. I don't know what you're going to be facing over the next few weeks, but I know that we can look at Christ no matter what circumstance we face, and He's going to guide and lead us through. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's much better than Netflix or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever you usually look for, for comfort. So let me pray before our worship team is going to lead us in our last song. Dear God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the people that are here this morning. Lord, and I thank you most, first and foremost for your message, for your love, for your hope, for your joy, and for the peace that you give. God, it surpasses all of our understanding, your word says. And God, that's what we feel. That's why a lot of times it doesn't make sense, but God, when you come, you're so powerful. You love us. You surround us. And God, so help us to take whatever next step we need. Help me to take my next step in my journey with you. As life gets hard, as life gets difficult, as life gets busy, we look to you, we come to you, we cling to you, God, for our source and our refuge and our Savior. Father, be with us as we go into this week, as we go back out into this world. Guide and lead our steps and help us to grow closer to you each day. We thank you and love you. Amen.